You guys can have a seat. Good morning. Good morning. How about that rain? Wow, that was intense. Uh, another really exciting thing. Yeah, and my name is Nicholas. If I haven't met you yet, I'd love to meet you. I serve as one of the pastors here on staff. But this last week, we had another really exciting thing happen, another exciting event launch, a new ministry, and it's called Faith Builders. And so I have a couple pictures to show. But uh, Productive Alternatives brought over, I think it was 10 or 12 uh, clients this week. On Thursday, <clears throat> we were able to just minister to them, hang out with them, and honestly let them bless us as well. And uh, Amanda Lambert is leading this ministry. And so we took some time to just walk through a Bible lesson. Um, there was there was some games, and we got to find out their favorite animals and food and all that good stuff. And um, it was a wonderful, wonderful time. And so that is happening every Thursday here at the church from 10 to 11 a.m. But they're going to bring uh, clients over to come hang out and have like a Bible study. And so if you'd like to participate in that, um, it's really low commitment. If you'd like to get more involved on like a teaching level or a... Um, where you'd like to help, you know, give the lesson or lead a song or whatever it might be, uh, uh, contact Amanda Lambert or myself. We'd love to connect you with that. Um, it was a wonderful, uh, wonderful time. And so, yeah. Well, today we are going to continue our series that Pastor Kevin has started on simple practices. And I've really been enjoying this series so far because, again, it's simple and it's something we can apply to our lives. And it's kind of reminding us of the basics. And so today we're going to continue this series and our topic of discussion today is about the spiritual discipline, or practice, if you will, of silence and solitude. And you're all silent. Wow, good job. <laughs> silence and solitude. Sound good? Let's pray this morning and ask the Lord to just be in this place and to minister to our hearts. Father, I thank you for this body. I thank you for all that you are doing, God. We thank you for your kindness, your love, and your mercy, your grace. We thank you for the blood of Jesus that covers us and forgives us of our sin. That today we can boldly approach the throne of grace because of the perfect performance of Jesus. So we thank you for that. Father, today as we come to your word, um, I thank you for the honor and the privilege of being able to communicate today, God. And I ask for your power, your clarity, your anointing, God, to speak. I pray for hearts, Lord, all of us, just to, to be open and, and able to listen and hear. And that seeds, God, would go deep down into our hearts. There'd be good soil, God, and there would be fruit that is produced, fruit that lasts for generations to come. In your name we pray. If you agree with that, can you say amen? Amen. Does anybody ever feel... Busy? Show of hands this morning. Come on, let's be honest in church. Start out some good old honesty. You ever feel busy? Well, I think I'm in the, the right room then. Does anybody ever feel like they get through a day or a week or a year and think, uh, wow, how did that go so fast? Here we are Sunday, we're about ready to launch. I feel like a week is a marathon. It's just a marathon right now with five children in school and whatnot. It's like, here's Sunday, all right, watch the Vikings, hopefully they win. <laughs> Work through that the rest of the afternoon. And then, here we go, into a week, and boom, it's Friday. It's like, where did time go? How did it go so fast? A different way to walk, a different way of being. 
Maybe I was so hard-headed. Maybe I was too, I can do this myself. I don't know. Independent. I don't know what it was exactly that led me to, well, there's a lot of factors that led to that point, but I had a breaking moment in my life. And so if you've had a breaking moment in your life, man, like, no shame, no guilt. I've been there. And by the grace of God and the help of my wife and trusted mentors in my life, I don't want to make that same mistake again. And as a church, I want to speak to you today, and I don't want any of us to make this same mistake individually or collectively as a body. As a pastor, I don't, I don't want to lead in such a way that leads people to this type of crazy cycle that leads you to this moment of burnout and breaking down in a place of where you're just so depleted, you can't hardly function. So I don't want to lead in such a way. And that's why we're talking about this today, because it's so, so important, individually, collectively, because I believe this, church, I believe that we can be a community of people that is fully engaged in all that God has called us to do and yet fully attend to who we are becoming. Who we are becoming. Because like I said before, there's always lots to do. And to be honest, I love it. I'm usually pretty motivated to get stuff done. To get after it. Checking off to the to-do list. Anybody with me? Is that not one of the best feelings in the world? Thank you. It's just like, oh, that feels so good. Especially the digital ones now. I just add stuff just so I can check more stuff. Like, I don't really need that, but I'm just going to add it and then check it off because, yes, accomplishment. And that's important, and there's work to do. The Bible says the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So what asks the Lord to send workers? Like there is work to do, but also please find me. Find us at the feet of Jesus, cultivating intimacy with him, tending to our hearts, operating from overflow. It's a different pace. It's a different rhythm. It's a different walk. It's maybe a different way of doing life. So I have a question for you today. Don't answer out loud, but think this in your heart. Have you learned to walk dependent on him yet? Or are you still just super independent? Have you learned to walk dependent on the Lord? Maybe wisdom can teach us today, or maybe it's the breaking that taught you a different way to walk. One leader I respect said this in a book, never trust a leader without a limp. Never trust a leader without a limp. They're referring to Jacob, where he wrestled with God, and God touched his socket, and he had a limp. Leaders can be ambitious. Leaders can cast vision. Leaders can say, let's go save the world. And that sounds really good, but it can also be really, really dangerous. Because if there's a limp, if you've wrestled with God and he has broke that ambition, and some of us go-getters, 
then there can be this holy ambition that arises, but it's healthy because it's dependent on him and not solely just dependent upon you and your ability. Does this make sense? So the limp, what does the limp do? It slows you down. It keeps you dependent on Jesus, in tune with people. Ever find yourself so busy sometimes that you miss people? The limp provides a need to consistently sit down from time to time and rest. Has anybody ever struggled like me with a Messiah complex? A Messiah complex? Acting like the savior of the world? And I know people, me included, who have a hard time stopping, who can't stop, who couldn't stop. Because the truth is, well, if we stop, we're afraid everything's going to fall apart. The world will cease to exist if I don't do what I need to do. Or, 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 we're afraid to stop because we might have to listen to what's going on in our hearts. We're tempted to drown out the voice of God sometimes, or the voice of the Spirit of God by staying busy and distracted. Maybe if I stay busy enough, I can avoid obedience. Maybe I can kind of like do a lot of great things for God and kind of hopefully he ignores what's going on in here. So there's a temptation. We're busy with all the things that people can see on the outside. From the outside, wow. But we're ignoring that still small voice that's addressing what nobody can see on the inside except for God. Have you been there? Do you know I have wrestled with this. The Bible says this very clearly. Man looks at the outward, but God looks at the heart. So I have a question for you today. Are you staying busy because you're running from something? Running from obedience, running from pain, running from grief, what it what is, and you're, Staying busy to try to keep yourself distracted. Or maybe the greater danger more of us can relate with today is being lulled into this trap of doing. Lulled into the trap of doing. And we've neglected who we are becoming in the process. So maybe today is this wake-up call or this reminder not to stay trapped, to break that cycle of this never-ending to do, busy, go. Uh, the current elders and future elders in training. I've been a part of these meetings as well. We've been meeting every Thursday. It goes for 12 weeks. It's quite a commitment. We're going through some books, some really awesome books. Very encouraged, very excited about it. But one of the books we're going through is called Gospel Eldership. And I want to read you a quote from this book. It's really, really good. Cultivate personal intimacy with God. Nourish your soul in the word. Spend unhurried time in prayer. Plan it. It's not going to just happen or when things slow down. Set aside days on your calendar for solitude 
in silence and personal renewal. Practice spiritual disciplines that keep your soul refreshed with a sense of love and glory of God. The greatest temptation of leadership is to exalt doing over being. Sure, good leaders get stuff done, but effective ministry, I love this, but effective ministry is always an overflow of a heart aflame with love for God. Amen? And this is all of us, church, all of us, all of us. So the first practice I want to look at today to help us tend to who we are becoming, to stay connected to what are, what's going on in our hearts. The first one is solitude, and I want to look at the biblical example that Jesus, Jesus has set for us. And just for sake of to work in this message, solitude is just simply defined as this, time alone with God. Time alone with God. In our, our, our scripture reading today, we're going to read it again. It says this, and early in the morning, Jesus being the example, early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up. He left the house and went away to a secluded place and prayed there for a time. On your notes today, I um, had put on six reasons Jesus chose solitude. And I actually added one a little bit later. So there's seven reasons. But we see all throughout the Gospels, we see all throughout the life of Jesus, this practice. He would do this often. He would go away alone to be with the Father. And I think, mm, if Jesus is doing this, I think, good question to be like, why, why don't we? If Jesus, the Son of God, had to practice this, if this was his way of life, his rhythm, his walk, then I think we have much to learn and ask the question, like, if, we are not, if we're not doing this, are we missing something? Is there something we're missing? Six reasons, or seven reasons, rather, that we see Jesus um, choosing solitude. One was to prepare for a major task. We see where Jesus was baptized, then he spent 40 days praying in the wilderness after he was tempted by Satan, and then he began his public ministry. So to prepare for a major task. Do you have a major task coming up in your life? What is it? Maybe it's the day is a major task, the week, something going on. Choose solitude. Another reason we see Jesus choosing solitude, choosing solitude was to recharge after hard work. Jesus sent out, uh, we see it in Mark 6, uh, 30 through 32. Jesus sent the 12 disciples out to do ministry. When they returned, he encouraged them to separate from the people who were following them to rest, to rest. The third thing we see Jesus do is choosing solitude is to work through grief. Even the Son of God grieved. We see in Matthew 14 that after Jesus learned his cousin, John the Baptist, had been beheaded, he went away by himself in solitude. Are some of you grieving today at the loss of somebody or something in your life? Choose solitude. Before making an important decision, uh, Jesus would get up early, spend time, or actually spent the whole night in prayer. 
before he chose the 12 disciples. In a time of distress, hours before Jesus was arrested, right before the, he's going to go through the whole process of being crucified and tortured, great emotional agony, and he went into the garden to be alone to pray. Solitude. And also to focus, um, just purely focus on times of prayer. He'd find himself alone. And I did a seventh one today, too, that I've noticed in Scripture. And one was just to commune with the Father. To talk with his Father. Are you practicing this in your life? Am I practicing this in my life? Jesus hungered for communion between himself and the Father. Now, I do think it's important today to also make a distinction But what solitude is not, what solitude is not, solitude is not isolation. Solitude is not isolation. And I really want to break this down for a moment because I think it's important. Um, Solitude is not this idea that it's only me and Jesus and I don't need anybody else. It's not that idea. Church, believer, we need community Amen? We need community to follow Jesus. And also, community is the gift to become more like him. Community is the gift to become more life, like him. Community can be hard sometimes. Doing life with others can be hard. Why? Because sometimes, plainly, people are annoying. And that would mean I am annoying. <laughs> You frustrate me, I frustrate you. And if we're not careful, the temptation is to remove ourselves because it's too messy. It's too hard. People are just too, ugh. And isolation, ooh, it sounds better, does it not? Isolation sounds better. Just me, get me some Netflix and we're good. Sounds easier. And if we're not careful, we see isolation as the answer to remove ourselves from the hard. But solitude is the practice so that we can fully engage in community. Can I say that one more time? Isolation is not the answer to remove ourselves from the hard. But solitude is the practice so we can fully engage the hard. It's so important. Community is one of the best ways God sanctifies us into his image. So instead of being like, that person really bugs me, they are annoying, and they need to change. So easy to do. I want to maybe give you a different way of thinking today. Maybe, maybe a more biblical approach is, man, that person really bothers me. I need more patience in my life. Maybe that person is God's gift for you to embrace this way of Jesus that truly changes you and transforms you. So we get to practice being Christ to one another. And I want to say this too it's entirely possible to attend church and still be isolated. 
It's entirely possible to be amongst people and still be isolated. Community is a choice. It's so much deeper than proximity to people. It's when you are carrying each other's burdens, when you know the good, the bad, and the ugly. Together, we're known and fully known, and we know each other in community. That is hard work. And so just attending church is not the answer. A couple weeks ago, my wife and I were in the cities, and we went to these big sporting events, and I thought, man, in a, in a sea full of people, I know nobody, and I, you could be so isolated in the middle of Minneapolis, surrounded by people, and yet you don't know anybody, and nobody knows you. So it's not just proximity to people. Attending church, you could attend this church your entire life and still live in isolation. That's not what solitude is. <laughs> solitude is that gift so we can live in community. So the thought that isolation is going to be easier is a lie. It is a lie. Please don't buy the lie. And I think COVID and this whole time of separation and isolation did some damaging things to people. I don't want to get into all of it, but it's one of the things we see this, man, it's just easier just to me, myself, and I. I ain't got nobody that I, I just, I was reminded of a song right now, that I can depend on, but me, myself, and I. Is that a song? That's a song, I think. It's a lie, it's a lie, it's a lie. So community is so important. God calls us to it. But to live in community well, church, please listen to this. But to live in community well, we need to practice solitude often. Can somebody say amen? <laughs> we need to practice solitude often. The discipline of getting away alone with God by ourselves so we can live in community well. So then what? We come into relationships already full can you picture this? Already full, instead of looking to people to fill us. Our adverse reaction to people is a red flag that we're running low on that infilling of the Holy Spirit. People just seem really agitated nowadays. At everything, maybe it's not people's fault. Maybe it's a lack of deep communion with the Father. Maybe it's a lack of solitude. Maybe we've gotten so distracted. Toxic people, buzzword in today's culture, toxic people. <laughs> and I get, some people are toxic and maybe it's, I, I should be, I'm not in here to get into all of the nitty gritty, but... I'm a little bit concerned that there's a culture right now where everybody's toxic. And so I just need to isolate and self-protect. We're so good at calling out the flaws in people. And maybe these people, maybe at your workplace, believer, that coworker that's just so toxic, maybe these are not always people to avoid but people to love deeply. Could you imagine? Everyone's avoiding them. Everyone's gossiping about them. Everyone's just stabbing them in the back. They're just so toxic. Blah, 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 blah. 
What if God has an assignment and a ministry opportunity for you, believer? And what if they just drain you completely? Good news. You can go be alone with the Father. Get filled up with the love of God. You have a mission now to carry Jesus to them. Because typically the people that are most hurt, need loved, need a deep, deep love. What if that's you? I understand all of, but, 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 I just want to throw that out there today. Because if we're not careful, we will justify ourselves right into isolation and rob ourselves of the opportunity to be formed into the image of Christ through the sanctifying work of community where we one another, one another. So what's the secret to parenting well? (laughs) Solitude of Jesus. (laughs) Time alone with God. What's the secret to doing marriage well? Not to kind of like figure all this stuff out so we don't have to really be together so we can kind of live our separate lives. That's, that's not the secret. What's the secret to being close and to really loving each other? Time alone with the Father. How do we do church well? You've got to be alone with the Father. Solitude. How do you do work well alone with the Father? I just can't work there. It's just so toxic, blah, blah, blah. Mm, maybe red flag that you need to be filled up is, is, this, is this helping anybody today? Different thought, maybe a different way to look at the culture. Relatives, in-laws. <laughs> Time alone with the Father. Okay, the second practice I want to look at today. So the first one there was solitude. Say solitude. You guys are being very silent today. The next one is silence. The second practice we want to look at today is the spiritual discipline of silence. And I just define silence as this, the intentional space, intentional space that is free from distraction and noise. Silence. Quite literally, a posture absent of doing so that we can tend to who we are becoming. Why silence? I have a couple points today that we could go on and on and on. But why silence? Why is this important? First one, so we can hear God's voice. Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. We need to hear the voice of God, church, individually, collectively. In Deuteronomy, Moses said this to the Israelites after a time where they needed to seek God's will. He said this uh, in verse 9, chapter 27, verse 9. Then Moses and the Levitical priests spoke to all Israel, saying, Be silent and listen, Israel. Be silent and listen. The Bible refers sometimes to um, God's voice as a still, small voice. A whisper. I think a lot of us would prefer that we can just run this life 100 miles an hour, do our own thing. And God, if you need to get my attention, just please yell at me. Give me a sign I can't ignore, right? Just yell, 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 yell. And maybe 
God is asking us to be silent and listen. For I am speaking, you're just not hearing me. The second reason for silence is to really truly attend to your heart. Attend to your heart. Where you can sit and let the thoughts and the meditations of your heart come to the surface. What's really buried underneath there? What's kind of deep down inside of your heart? Buried in busyness, buried in noise, buried in distraction, and just go, 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 go. What if we just need to tend to our hearts? So that's why silence is important. Because maybe I think sometimes if we were to listen to the whisper of God, he wouldn't have to yell. I think going back to my life where God was whispering things to me for a long time. And I'm just ignoring, ignore, ignore, ignore. No, it's like when the alarm goes off in the morning. <laughs> snooze. <laughs> snooze. Snooze. Come on. I'm not the only one. Until finally somebody barges you. It's time to get up. We're going to be late. If I had just gotten up 15 minutes earlier, this wouldn't be a problem. You know what I mean? Yeah, we won't find it. The thing is the same thing with God sometimes. He's whispering, he's patient, he's whispering, he's whispering, he's whispering, he's whispering. And sometimes the breaking is this loud, sit down, son, now. I'm saving your life. When I think back sometimes, that's not the first time God spoke. He was speaking all along. I just wasn't listening. So silence gives us that space to really listen, to get quiet, and to hear God. I believe this. I believe silence should be practiced daily. Silence should be practiced daily, multiple times a day if possible. Morning, noon, evening, just moment, five, five minutes of silence. God, I, I acknowledge you here now in this space. I'm dependent on you right now. As I go into my afternoon, Father, I'm just going to speak in silence. What happened this morning that brought worry into my heart? What, what did I hear? What tending to your heart... So I believe practice, silence should be practiced daily and solitude should be practiced frequently. Where do you connect with God? What do you enjoy? Is it walking through the woods? Is it sitting by the lake? Is it jumping in a snowbank? Is <laughs> anybody like that? <laughs> what is it where you connect with God? Do that frequently. But for the sake of returning back to live in community. We already talked about that. All right. Shameless plug really quick. Do you know that we're going to have a silent retreat here at the church soon? We had one um, this last year, I believe, right? It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're going to do another one here in October. Why? Why do a silent retreat? That sounds odd. Why? Because, because of everything I've just said already. But to help create a culture and space in our church body, in our community, to practice spiritual disciplines that nourish our souls that tend to that flame of the love of, for God. Is this not important, church? It's vital that we would not be found doing, that life church would not be found doing over being, that we would not exalt doing 
over being. The marker isn't, is everyone busy? Is everyone doing something? Good. Then we're good. Great. This place is awesome. It's healthy. It's a deeper measure of health that we want to look at. It's your soul. It's your spirit. It's your heart. How are you really doing? That we would be a church that tends to our hearts and keeps the flame of love for God burning bright. So on October 28th, it's hosted by Valley Christian Counseling Center. They're going to come in. They're just going to create space where you can come and be led through because maybe you're not used to just sitting in silence for approximately six hours. If this is new to you, it freaks you out. Like, I can't do that. Uh, You were created for this, friend. (laughs) You can do this. And the more you do it, oh, man, the more your soul craves it. Give me silence with God. Better is one day in your courts, God, than thousands elsewhere. Because remember this. Remember when Jesus told people to depart from him in Scripture? Do you remember that? Where Jesus said, depart from me. Why? Because I don't know you. Remember that? I don't, it's not a fun Scripture to wrestle with, but it's there. And what were the people coming to Jesus? What were they using to prove their worth. What were the all what was it? All of the things we are doing for you, God. Look at all we are doing, Lord. We have productive alternatives coming in, Lord. We're gonna do an outreach on October 31st to the community, Lord. We've got Sunday school and we've got all these ministries, God. We're doing so many amazing things for you, Lord. We are casting out demons and we are prophesying. We're even raising the dead. And Jesus says, depart from me, I never knew you. (laughs) Wow. Maybe there's something we got to lean into here. Do you know God? Does God know you? Are you experiencing deep communion with your Father? So my last question today, and the worship team can come get ready is this, what's loud in your life and distracting you from the voice of God? What's loud? What's loud right now? Your schedule, the busyness, the news, the the to-do list, the, could be good things, man. My life is just packed, especially in this last season. So I step into different roles here, even at the church. It's packed. Every day is like, let's go. Got to get some done. And I love it. But I get tired too. And when I get tired, then I get nitpicky. And my kids annoy me. Sorry, Brooklyn. And all of that, it's, it's clues into, okay, Solitude of the Father. You got you got to operate from overflow. You got to operate out of overflow. There isn't awards for who's busiest. As Jesus told Martha, "You're so busy and upset about so many things. Come sit at my feet." To pray, we'd be a church that we are found sitting at the feet of Jesus. So, what's loud in your life? What's distracting you from the voice of God? And yeah, there's maybe a lot of things in your life you just you can't change. I mean, busy, yeah. It, Full, my life is full, busy, yeah, and that's the way I think it's, it's supposed to be, but 
if I'm not doing intentional time of solitude with the Lord, then, man, warning signs, warning flags. I might be missing the whole point of it all. So, yeah, busy, full, living your life, intention, purpose for eternity, go for it. Do it. Be wise. But, yeah, fill your life. Some of you kind of maybe need a kick in the pants. It's time to start doing some stuff. Isolated, selfish, just doing your thing. God's got more for you. Like, the kingdom of God matters. The workers are few. Uh, Let's go. That might be a truth today as well, but not at the expense of who you are becoming. Does this make sense? So today, we're going to go into a time of communion. I'm excited about this. It's going to be a little bit different today. We're going to take communion in silence today. In practice, we just heard preached. If a kid cries or something, that's okay. We're not going <laughs> to be mad. But just in silence today, the ushers, you can come on up and get ready to dismiss people. All of the elements are in the back. There's a flow chart that will be on the screen. And so as you are dismissed, you can go back, get your elements, return to your seat. They're going to throw a scripture on the screen that we would typically as pastors lead you through a time of communion where we all take the elements together, right? But today, I'd like for you just to come back to your seat, sit in silence kind of for however long you want. Maybe just contemplate. Maybe, maybe you're going to just sit in your grief today. Or maybe you're just going to sit in the awe and wonder of God today. Or maybe you're just going to sit in silence and let God speak to your heart today. Or maybe gratitude is just going to overflow. Or maybe there's cares and concerns that you just need to release to your Lord today. Whenever you feel like you're ready, go ahead. You can read those scriptures on the screen and you can take your elements by yourself, just alone and in solitude, even though we're with people, alone with your Heavenly Father today. Does that make sense? So the best we can, let's just be silent, come back to your seat, and then I'll come back up and we'll pray and then we'll go into a time of worship. But ushers, um, please uh, start dismissing people and uh, enjoy this time of silence and communion.